When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Once again, it's the podcast. It's the video cast. It's the combo cast of talking real money. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the arena where Tom and Don will talk about really important <laughs> stuff that affects your bottom line. You don't want to miss it. So everyone gather around the podcast listening device. I can't even tell them what to gather around. It's not gather around the radio, gather around the television, just gather around that phone. <laughs> Maybe yeah. a smart speaker. You know, you can tell your smart speaker to pay, play the podcast talking real money. Did you I've know done that? it. I've done it to embarrass my Did daughter when she has friends over. It works oh, every time. And, and you every know how time. much your friends love our show. <laughs> she has a friend that likes the show. So that makes up for the rest of them. I am Don. That weird dude over there in the uh, in the model aircraft museum <laughs> is Thomas C. Cock, the Museum of Military Aircraft. <laughs> In lovely Woodenville, Washington, right next to the winery. Oh, by the way, that's a good point. There are no, I just thought of that. There are no like civilian type aircraft. I'll have to do no, one. no, no. Yours is definitely the military yeah, model I, aircraft I, museum. You're the first guy that's ever said that. Yeah. And uh, they he, he does daily tours for a small <laughs> donation. It's <laughs> a good idea too, by the way. Actually, as long as they don't look too them. close at the poor workmanship, we're okay. I am full of them. Well, they're yeah. they're too high. Only uh. invite old people and make them leave their glasses at the door. It's the press biopic <laughs> military <laughs> model museum. There's a couple that turned out well, but out of the 36 Speaking or whatever of it is. No. Press mm. biopia. Yeah. Mm. It's time for the. Ah, wearing of the wisdom glasses. Yes, you're so course, smart. These now. are these are these are the uh, the expensive Amazon four ninety five blue blocking models. Five dollars. I don't a pair. remember. I have so many of them laying around. I don't remember when or where I bought mine. So. I just you know it's now. I just go back and it says you've bought this before. You want to buy glasses again? Apparently, you break them all the time. Yes, I'll <laughs> buy more glasses. Give me two. Or three. Here's what we want to talk about today with you, Mm. our lovely, lovely listeners, whom we love with all of our hearts. Thank you for being there. Um, We want to talk about dumb stuff. The dumb stuff that you do and you know you do. You may may not do it, but at least, boy, you think it. And that is doing the opposite of what you should do, which is buy when prices are low and then sell after they've gone up a lot. No, we tend to want to do that backwards, Tom. Well, why is that? Well, why is that? And we know we do because we, there's a company called Dalbar research that actually looks at the money that goes in funds, money comes out, can tell that many of you, many fewer, apparently there's just another piece on target date funds, 
that found that fewer people are moving their money around once they get into a target date fund. So thank goodness for that, because uh, we know that it this is all of this turns out to be emotional. The emotions generally are telling you, giving you bad signals. Um, and I'm always fascinated when I hear from business people who say, well, I rely on my intuition. Not me. I rely on the numbers because my intuition been wrong many other times when it came to other Well, now let decisions. me interject so, there too. Well, here's here's a, a failing of our brains. Our brains tend to remember big things, big things, like big bad things or big great things. We tend to remember when we got something incredibly right and we forget all of those times we didn't get it right. We, our intuition said, oh, it's going to go down and it didn't go down. So our brains go, tamp that down. I was wrong. I don't want to, my ego can't take that. So we, we accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative. That's a song, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Okay. okay. Accent, yeah, I was going to sing it, but not allowed to. Yeah. No, no again. Okay. So, but let's talk about some of the reasons why. You bring your brother on to sing for it. He could be the yeah, official talking real money singer. Looking, he needs looking, a gig. He, yeah, exactly. So he I, could sit, I, we could make that the official talking real money choir chair. <laughs> I think he'd be better in the lobby. And when Ooh. people come in, he could pick, they could ask, he could do show tunes, whatever it is, but no, no, no. He didn't for like the model idea. military museum. It would have to be military <laughs> songs only. Ah, this is going to be like the 1940s. Oh no, or, no, you can only do, no, you can only World do War one the, over there. The air force. Over there. No. Oh, off we go. Off we go. There you into go. The off we go into the wild blue under. talk show. Come back da, da, da. to the podcast. Oh, sorry. We're talking uh, about why people do, do dumb yeah. things, why they buy low and sell high. Yeah. And we know, again, so if you think that you don't, God bless you. The reality <laughs> is you probably have at least considered it. Yeah. Because it, your brain is just, your emotions are taking over. But why? Okay. Well, there's this is an interesting piece, actually. And we do try to spend some time on the behavioral part of this to help you get through it. And this article actually came from our friends at Acorns. We like Acorns. We haven't talked about it much because I, I like it because it's a disciplined way to save and invest. It requires nothing other than you hooking up your bank card to them. That's it. You don't have to wake up and say, I want to put more money in the market. It, it's a rounding service. You make a purchase. Money goes in. it's perfect for young people. It it's is. It's just perfect because it's a way to force savings when all you feel like you can do is spend yeah, it no, forces get, just exactly. pennies of every sale to go into something that over time, I mean, can be th- mine is thousands of dollars, and I haven't added anything to I speak know. of. Simply, it simply goes in. So, I mean, a few of the things, and the article does spend some time talking about social media, which is just a horrible, horrible place to get long-term rational type advice. It gets people worked up. They, they, by the way, they tend to get worked up about things that the other people that are on there with them are worked up because the social media sites, as you may or may not be aware of, are putting you together and showing you the same things over and over again. It's tricky business. But the other one that I find interesting, Don, is the herding, a herd mentality. We tend to herd when things get volatile, says the Scott Nations, who's the president of investment volatility analytics firm Nations Shares and author of The Anxious Investor, which is uh, pretty good. Investors, he says, get more conf- confused and anxious as markets are falling. Well, first of all, markets have aren't been. falling. They have fallen. So the herd mentality is a big one. He talks about selection, too, which I just mentioned. That 
we have a tendency to get into relationships or discussions with like-minded people. And then we hear from them that they're going to do something. And then we think we need to do something. And none of these things uh, turn out well. I mean, for the most part, because we get sort of feeling like this is my neighbor's doing this. I got to do this. So what do you do? What do you do when you, you realize that uh, this is a problem? Number one, I think the biggest thing you do is you realize that we all have bias. Says, right? Bias. Bias. We all do. We all do. I mean, I'd love to say that I'm independent thinker, and I come. I come from some. There's a reason there's military planes up above me here. I come from somewhere, right? So I've got my biases. I yes, like yes. to believe I you, do. You, you didn't so, just sprout from that chair. <laughs> just popped up this afternoon. Yeah. So, I mean, and I, I do I, every time I'm making a decision, do I sit down and think, well, wait a minute, is this because my dad told me in 1970? No, I don't. But maybe I should. And maybe I should know where that bias comes from. I think that's a biggie. Um, number two is <laughs> as you get older, sometimes you change. You get more conservative you get older you sometimes uh get harder to you know i just read that great book about john bogle he was a bit cantankerous he was a bit of a hey isn't that a blue sky no that is gray all i mean he was kind of hard to change what he believed and that can be a problem sometimes he was rigid he was rigid. He was Thank stone us. cold yeah. rigid. Mm-hmm. And we in, we interviewed him. He we believed know that. what he believed. He believed what he believed, and yep. he wouldn't mm-hmm. hear anybody else's beliefs. No, he wouldn't. And later in his life, I think the uh, Eric Balchunas points out that he was a guy who said no initially, and then oftentimes he'd sort of come back from that a little bit. Good for him, right? Um, but what do you do when these? And the, the, this all comes up, of course, because when markets have fallen. Um, people have a tendency to want to do something, right? They just feel like they've got to. Uh, and we've talked about this so many times. We know the people that don't, you know, they had a plan. They had a plan and they knew that if they stuck with that and they had the right discipline, a multi-year plan, not just one through the end of this year, but a financial no, plan that looks at many years. Multi-decade. Multi-decade, yeah. They, they, they have a tendency. And then the other ones that are successful, frankly, they know how to tune most of this out. They know that it's noise, and they're, And by the way, I think it's harder and harder today. I think there's more noise about financial stuff than there's ever been before, whether it's like this podcast or whether it's radio, television, writing, it, the internet. It's all out there all the time. It's pressing on you, and it's telling you to do something when most of the time it makes sense not to do it. So this is a very complex topic. I love, uh, for example, Jason Zweig's book, Your Money and Your Brain, because he walks through some of the difficulties that we all face. And there's not one right answer when it comes to your sort of mental health around money. I'll put it that way. No, but the right answer, though, is probably to always have the plan. That's the right answer. You need to know where you're going and how you're going to get there and recognize as part of that planning process your own human foibles and account for those in advance. In writing, force yourself to be disciplined uh, or hire somebody who will force that discipline. That's the way to succeed. You can't let your emotions control these very important investing business decisions, your gut needs to be ripped out of it. I, I love the writing painful. part that you said. No, that's good because um, as you may know, I read Atomic 
habits, which I loved. And one of the things they recommended, because this is something that I battle with all the time to sort of have better eating diet weight thing is uh, to have a food diary, which I've used now for about a month. And it really works. <laughs> it's fascinating because you got to write down everything you eat. It's like, uh, should I be eating this? No, because I'm going to have to write it down and I'm going to look back and say that was a bad decision. So I love the idea of writing things down, putting them in writing, and that'll help you stick to it, I think, better. Really, As will. many of our listeners do, they put things in writing to us at TalkingRealMoney.com. They send us questions like you. Uh, you send us questions. You, you know why I look down? This is a bad habit when you're doing a video show because yeah. Tom is on my screen right down there and the camera is right there. So you, to be polite, you want to look at the person you're talking to. Sure. But he's not, he's not really him. He's some, he's some image of himself. He's <laughs> an illusion. Not feeling. You are good. what matters. You, oh, you're, you're good today. You're important to me. Anyway, we have uh, we have we have a really long one, but it's worth it. Okay. This one is so worth the this length. Is standing between me and my lunch, so oh, let's go. Ha- we're going to have fun with this one, though. I'm going to lean back. Are. You go ahead and read it, and then when I'm ready for well, me, let me one. know. I, right. you know, I may chime in along the way. Okay. Because I tend to do that. Mm. Hello, guys. Hi. After listening to your recent comments on cryptocurrency, no, I thought I would message you to point out that your hate appears to have reached a new low. Where well, doesn't hate reach a high, not a low? But okay, whatever. No, you can have low hate, <laughs> deep, dark, <laughs> bottom of the barrel hate in uh, a cave. Hate. All right, okay. I was under Go the ahead. impression that yeah. financial mm. advisors. Mm-hmm especially ones like yourself that promote themselves as educators was to help folks like me make better investing decisions. Yeah. I thought we were. Okay. Yeah. We still agree. Okay. We agree with you yeah. still mm. at that point. As of late, you seem to feel your role is somewhat greater than that of an advisor. Ooh. It appears you would like to make the decision for everyone. He's calling us baby Putins. He's, call, he's calling me a referee again. Yeah, I'd like he's to make a decision a for everybody. Again. <laughs> I make that decision, right or wrong. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, i.e. prevent Fidelity from even offering their customers the option to oh. invest in Bitcoin. Or even mm. make the decision for all of the United States to just ban cryptocurrency like <laughs> communist China has done. <sighs> I have yeah. to be honest with you. Your justification. Mm. Oh, God, listen. This is great. Oh, yeah. I got to go back and repeat that. I have mm. to be honest with you. Your justification of for why cryptocurrency should be banned is not very persuasive. I don't think we ever said banned, but okay. I don't think I don't think I said banned, but I no. think it's a banned idea. Oh, bad idea. Ooh. Because experienced Warren, Charlie, Tom, and Don say so. As you pointed out in your recent episode, not many have more experience than the four of you. <laughs> not that combined, that's for sure. Combined, it's like 3,000 years. <laughs> that's right. Before Christ, uh, here we go. Yeah, okay. That may very well be true. However, it is also true that not many politicians, this is so false equivalency, oh, that not many politicians uh, have more experience than President Joe Biden. That true again. I think he's right there again. Okay. Yes. Okay. All of that experience. Experience may have served him very well, but mm. it hasn't served the rest of us very well. Ooh. Political political Ooh. commentary, ladies no, and gentlemen. I'm going to go back to what you did at retirement when somebody brought up a question. You said, no, no politics. politics. And everybody, a bunch of people got, yeah, Don, Don for governor. Don for president. Yeah, good. 
I also think it's true that continued adoption of Bitcoin would not be very good for Warren and Charlie. Their current advantages would be as valuable as they are today. I will let you think about how continued Bitcoin adoption would impact your business. Ooh, he's saying that we have a vested interest in being anti-Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh Uh Continuing. Continuing. Oh, this goes on. Continuing. Uh Oh, yeah. Mm. If you would really like to make the case why Bitcoin should be avoided, at least make the effort to learn how Bitcoin is different than other cryptocurrencies. Pausing, pausing again. This is the typical argument. You don't understand it. Oh, I put sir. it all with the Miami of the guy in Miami, the governor of the, the pardon uh, me, the mayor of Miami's. Let, let me tell you, sir, I, I understand crypto. it all very well. Mm. I have read paper after paper on Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin is in very few ways different than the vast majority of cryptocurrencies. Very few ways. Yes, there are differences. However, we continue. Often you mention that Bitcoin is a get rich quick scheme. Hmm. Do you realize that over 60% of all the Bitcoin is, ever mind, has not changed hands in over one year or more? Not hold it for an entire year? Wow. Do you realize that <laughs> there are people who have owned stocks for 30, 40, 50, 60 years? Well, that again, false equivalency, sir. Um, none of us knows whether Bitcoin will continue its current record level of adoption or not. Thank you. That is a true fact. But history does teach us. Oh, you're a student of history. Come on. History does teach us that the U.S. dollar will not last forever. Given sufficient tolerance for risk, should I really be concerned about volatility if I feel the upside potential outweighs the risk? That's the end of the question. Yeah, I'm going to go first and you can go next because this is an area you spend more time on than I do. Here's the reason that I do not favor it in retirement plans. I don't favor it as an investment, but I don't favor it, especially don't in retirement plans. Here's why. Most people, no offense, most people do not spend a great deal of time making decisions on how to invest their retirement plans. We know this survey after survey shows, or they make a decision and they might spend a little time up front and then that's it. They never work. They never think about it again. Money's in their box. And by the way, most of the time that's better than timing. So most people just, and they, part two of that is most people, no offense, haven't spent much time doing it because they don't know anything about it. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't know the difference between a stock and a bond for crying out loud. So to throw something like crypto in, which is completely speculative. Again, it's not an investment in a tangible, a stock has earnings, whatever growth, a bond has, uh, there's something there. Crypto is simply what the next guy says it's worth. You can't argue with that. That's the truth. So to put that in a retirement plan where people either have no education or very little and don't make good decisions, that's why I'm opposed. I'm dead set opposed to it. And I think fidelity, frankly, is pandering. That's all it is. They're saying, oh, well, people really want this. You know what? People want a lot of things. And I'm not going to go into all the things I want every day that I can't get. So <laughs> my list is long. I'm going to do mine. It, the thing is, that's why. So it's you want to go buy Bitcoin or crypto, you go take every dollar you ever had. That's fine. I, 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 you go ahead. Hey, I Tom, got no problem Tom, with that. 
Tom, people not here. who own crypto do not like us saying we hate Why not? crypto. Why? Because because we have an audience of people who are going to say, oh, maybe I won't be the greater fool for this guy. Because remember, these people who own it need the greater fool. Yes, they do. Without That's the right. greater fool, Which they is will what? You lose. You need to explain what that means. The, 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 gra- the greater the- fool theory. It's like yeah. I buy something, I tell you how wonderful it is, and you buy it so that my value goes up, and you tell some other greater fool how great it is. It's the it's the problem behind multi-level marketing. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you run out of greater fools. You run yep. out of people who are in your downline. You can't the, the pop. It would be the population of the earth eventually to fill that that gap. So here's the thing. I'm going to just a couple of, of points. One, you use the word the word that we think is probably the, and we mentioned it at the beginning of this podcast, the word that is probably the most dangerous word in an investor's vocabulary. What is that word? Guaranteed? Oh, feel. Feel. Yeah. You said, should I really be concerned about volatility if I feel the upside potential outweighs the risk? Feelings are not a way to vet investments. Who cares what you feel? What do you know? You know nothing. And don't lie because you know you know nothing. You know how they work, you think. And and maybe you do. Maybe you're one of those brilliant little tech minds who totally gets the whole blockchain concept and you can do all this stuff. That's great. Good for you, sir. But here's the thing. You say the U.S. dollar will eventually collapse. When is eventually? Think about it. It's been around for a long time. And it's been hmm, 100 years, one of the major currencies on the planet. It, it continues to be the most popular currency in the world. I don't think it's near. I, I could be wrong. I don't feel like it's near a collapse. What does my feeling mean? Nothing. It's what I feel. However, if you were the U.S. government, and you had a currency, which we need, by the way. Tom, would you argue that we don't need a national currency? No, I quite the opposite. We do need. We a need a means Absolutely. of exchange that we yep. all accept. We yep. we all accept it. Not only do we all accept it, even Russians accept it. In fact, and they kind of like it more than the get. ruble. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but should the U.S. government allow you, sir, in your basement with your fancy Xerox? I'm not even going to use the term Xerox, just fancy laser printer. Should the U.S. government allow you to create your own currency and ex- and and give it out to businesses and say, ah, my currency, sir, Mr. Business, uh, I'm buying a pizza and my my 20, <laughs> my 20, uh, what's his name, Merv, my 20 Merv dollars are just as good as those U.S. dollars. Should, should that merchant take that Merv dollar? Say Think about no. that for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, that would be illegal. So it's wait, it's illegal for the government to tell you you can't make fake currency, and yet the government should have no say in crypto, which is a currency, you say? Gee, I think that both the communist Chinese government, US government, and all the other governments on the world in the world have a vested interest in seeing that there is some sort of control over a new currency. Something with value. And by the way something of which there are now 10,000 
Does that make any sense? No. 10,000 currencies. Mm-mm. You're just betting that Bitcoin's the winner. But the other makers of all the other fakers, they're betting that theirs is the winner. Either that or they're just going to do a rug pull. Going to put it out there, rug pull, get the, all the money. So your arguments, and I, I'm confident you're very young. I am. Because I I have not met an older person who isn't pandering, Rick Edelman. Uh, I haven't met an older person who isn't uh, who isn't pandering to make money for him or herself, who actually buys this. Somebody who has some experience in the in the financial services industry in economics, they just don't. They don't buy it because it, it's a solution without a problem. The U.S. dollar is strong, and will probably, at least for my life, continue to be very strong. We don't know what's going to happen, though. These are all feelings. And that's why, by the way, all of that is the exact reason why we say bad things about it. But stronger than that, I don't think it should be made easily and readily available to people in their retirement plans. I just think that's a very poor idea. You can go buy it other ways. If you have to have it, then go buy it. But in those plans, no. Merv, if you want to own it, you can. Sure. Good for you. If you don't mind losing your entire investment, which I truly do, I would never put my money in something in which I could lose 100% of my money. Never do it. That's foolish investing. But if you want to put money into something that could go to zero, and it can, you go ahead. It's a, it, We have that freedom. God bless America. We have that freedom. We have the freedom to lose everything if we're so inclined to do so. Go for it, man. There. I think I spoke my piece. Feel better? I do. I really don't like crypto. No. It, that's my feeling. I don't like it. I feel it's a bad choice. Are my feelings any less valuable than yours? No, they're identical. They're feelings. They're worthless. But thanks. Uh, thank you all for being a part of Talking Real Money, the podcast, the video cast, the all-purpose cast. That guy uh, right over there. Chuckling. That's Tom Cock. That's funny. Anything you want to say before we go? No, I do. I will. I will say this about that. Uh, I will say, I will say <laughs> that the people that we know that have invested in cryptocurrencies believe in what they believe very strongly. And that makes me very, very nervous. It almost feels cult-like, doesn't it? It does. And you can't shake them. Again, that's fine. Call me in 20 years. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's not a place that I would put my money today. No way. Well, based on my now four decades of experience in this business, I would guess, Merv, you're probably younger than my experience in the business, but I could be wrong. Uh, I've seen so many things that at the time I said, you know, call me in 10 or 15 years, but I'm pretty sure this won't be here anymore. And in almost every case, they weren't there anymore. The list is long. We've huh? seen it. The list is long. long. We've seen it. So People have been scammed since the beginning of yeah. time. Indeed. Tulip bulbs. Yeah. Tulip bulbs in Holland. Think about it. Thank you for being a part of our little podcast, our video cast, our combo cast. I'm Don. Tom's over there in the uh, museum getting ready to open it up for the afternoon tour. <laughs> And I'm just going to be here in Florida editing and talking real money. 
you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.